You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight we talk about Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast, the Movie Crew Podcast, Movie Makers Talking Movies. We're your host, I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I, I, I'm good. I'm good. Coming from the underworld. Nice. Well, it's always a short trip, so I know, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be there and back again anytime soon. Just a quick uh, circular s- staircase, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's easy to get to this labyrinth. Uh, wait, labyrinth. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> and we also have with us director of photography, Mike Griggs. I was going to say something in Spanish, but I don't know Spanish at all, so... I was hoping Hola. one of you did. <laughs> oh, nobody knew, knows the uh, w- w- uh, the Spanish pronunciation of the title? No, I just got hola. That's that's it. No. Well, de nada to you. What did you call me? That's all I got. <laughs> uh, and we also have with us costume designer, Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. And here we are talking Pan's Labyrinth. Who the fuck is Pan? That is a really good question, actually. He, he's the fawn, right? You think well, so? Pan isn't actually in the movie, and the Spanish title does just refer to the fawn, but they changed it for American audiences to include Stupid. Pan. Yeah. Wait, so the Spanish title says, like, the fawn's labyrinth? Yeah. Basically? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Oh. But they well, were like, Americans not... don't know what fawns are, so... <laughs> Right, because none of us have ever seen The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, or the three versions of it, or read that book. Or Wasn't it what a baby deer is called? So that's what I would think, right? <laughs> Only in the meadow. I think it's spelled differently. Hmm. It is. It's a W instead of a U. Or you, or you English, would just think least. about like Peter Pan, you know? Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh, and it's fantasy Ooh. related, you know? I'm just saying. Fuck yeah. Mm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Fuck yeah, Captain Hook's waiting in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Hook I is hate, bashing I dudes' hate, faces in with the goddamn like, <laughs> beer bottles and shit. Shmee! And him and Shmee are like dancing and hanging out and shit, waiting. <laughs> are you saying the fawn is actually Captain Hook in disguise? Whoa. Whoa. 
Has, have, has that, That's that, a cinematic universe I want to see. <laughs> yeah, does that not exist on YouTube yet? I, I feel like it, it should. To. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> we get to the middle of the labyrinth, and there's Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> it's not really about the labyrinth. It's about what's under the labyrinth, right? Yeah, I guess like the labyrinth is like, you know, the entrance to, you know. The entrance to that little cave thing, which is just the spot where the portal is. Like, that's not the underworld, guys. Come on. I mean, tech. Technically, there's a lot of language here. I mean, the labyrinth is also like a metaphor for your mind. And so it's her going into her unconscious mind. What do you mean? You're saying the labyrinth isn't real? Oh, the labyrinth is definitely real. (laughs) Yeah. The characters that are not tripping on acid also see the labyrinth. (laughs) (laughs) These stones have been here since before this other place. There are some moments where you're like, "Is is this little girl... Are you high? Are you being gassed? When she picked up that, that bottle of medicine and she put the lid back on, I was like, she touched that like rod that went down the middle there. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but it's not like an osmosis situation. Like, she, you have to ingest it. If two know, drops get you fucked up. Like, she's uh, yeah. still a child, so um, they don't need drugs to see all that stuff. They can do it on their own. Oh, snap. I don't know. It sounds to me like a case for shock therapy. <laughs> Well, it's got a nice mouth. This was Kansas in 1944. Let me tell you what, we do things differently. Yeah, no shit. Talk about shock therapy. Like, opening the film with a nice, like, bottle massacre to the face really sets tone about how this fairy tale will be told. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, not not a fairy tale tale for children, I would say, even though it's kind of, like, bracketed like it could be. Uh, I mean, it's rated R because of those, like, shocking, gruesome moments, but, like, I mean... Fairy tales are, I agree, I wouldn't necessarily want my small child to watch this, but at the same time, a lot of fairy tales are really gruesome. Yeah. There was a moment, yeah. where there's a moment where the guy turns around and he's like, he's like, how do you know you're, how do you know you're having a son? And he's like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not for kids. <laughs> oh no. I wonder if he had a daughter, what he would have done. Ugh. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a whole different thing, right? Probably yeah. the same thing he did to his other daughter. <laughs> Just fucking shoot her. <laughs> I mean, she had no relation to him, and she was like a thorn in his side the entire time. But, man, the callousness with which he just like pulls out his gun. He's like, I've got my kid now. Peace out. Bye. I mean, I think that's pro- – you could argue that it's kinder than leaving her in the middle of, you know, this war zone. Wait, what, shooting shooting the Ophelia at the end? Is that what we're no, talking I'm about advo- here? I'm not advocating for it. She, but yeah. Basically, Chris is saying put her out of her misery so she doesn't have to, like, you know, try to like, struggle like, to, to survive. Live, to live with yeah. the rebels <laughs> that are, like, uh, look well, like they're doing Well, at that point, fine. the rebels had... No, no, no. At that point, the, we did not know that the rebels had overtaken the be, house. Well, no. <laughs> it would be different if she wasn't a traitor. Because, like, when he, like, takes her back to her room, and he's like, how long have you known? <laughs> he's like, you've been mocking me in my own house. You know, so, like, I, I don't know if he would have shot her if, if he didn't know that, you know, she knew that, you know, uh, yeah, he, about all the probably, moles. He probably would have kept her and sold her as soon as she hit, like, 14 if she had not betrayed him. Yeah, she would have been an asset. Yeah. I don't know. When she got out of the car <sighs> and was going to use her left hand to sh- shake him, yeah, I thought uh, right then and there he was like, he was like, this one's broken. <laughs> yeah. God <laughs> Good thing I made perhaps, another one. <laughs> perhaps broken, but I feel like he could. I, uh, I don't think that he thought she was worthless at that point. 
Or a liability, I should say. Maybe she'll work out in the kitchen. <laughs> they need some help there. They make I mean, shitty coffee. When he crushed her hand, um, <laughs> that was him correcting. It was a terrible way, but that's him correcting her. And, you know, there's a chance that she'll learn. Because that's the whole point is he just wants her to obey him. That's the whole struggle of the movie it, between those two is that she is her own person and both of her parents, you know, the captain and her mom are constantly being like, you need to, st you're not, you're actually your own person. Like you need, to <laughs> you need to understand your role here. Yeah. Well, his character is like that with, with everyone. The captain, like yeah. even the, the doctor that disobeys him, he just immediately like, I'm going to shoot you now. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if he were in our modern day world, we would just slap a big narcissist label on top of him and call it a day. But yeah, he was charge. flabbergasted when, when the doctor, <laughs> like, you know, went against him. He's like, what, why? Why didn't you obey me? I don't understand. His ego is something else in this time. It was, it was kind of amazing true, to watch yeah. it. Like, I mean, he's a terrible person, but he's a great villain. Uh, but yeah, his ego, man. It was kind of crazy. If he was even just like a little bit humble, he could have well, seen maybe, some of this coming. Maybe there's, there's a slice in there uh, because the, like the second time we see him shaving, he looks at himself in the mirror and he like, you know, pulls the razor out and he like cuts his own throat. What do you think that's about? I think that's about him practicing? wanting to die. Like he, I think the whole movie is he, he, he wants to die. Like that's the whole reason like he wants to have his son, right? And he's carrying that watch around. And yeah. you get the story. So you yeah. pass his, it on. Yeah. 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 This is the time. This lets you know that you're father died a manly death at this time yeah there's a great payoff though. yeah that, I, I love the build up with the watch the whole time and then you know at the end you get the he won't even know your name oh that was great yeah <laughs> i don't know i like the moments before that when he was definitely captain hook because you heard the sound of the watch ticking every time he showed up <laughs> <laughs> well he is captain hook holy shit <laughs> yeah and they call uh, no no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, He's the crocodile, actually. <laughs> oh, oh, got it. The fawn is Captain Hook. He's the crocodile. Okay, now I'm tracking. We're getting there. No, Ophelia was Captain Hook the whole time. <laughs> what? That even, uh, no, what? it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> She's obviously Wendy. She's obviously Wendy. Obviously. I get it. I get Gosh, it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> she is the pen. No, guys, we're actually talking about a good fantasy movie here. All right? Come on. <sighs> I wondered how long it was going to take you. <laughs> It's not he made tarnish it pretty it. far in. <laughs> he did, he did, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? I was, was going to say... Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I know, but like, we, 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 what were we talking about before we went off of this? <laughs> Joke spiel. Oh, we haven't oh, really oh, gotten on to uh, we, were talk, yeah. we were talking about the guy's clock uh, fucking oh, yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I even like the... His, his room, they call it uh, an old meal, and so they give him some gears in the background. I like that. Kind of like yeah. looked like the inside of his watch. That was nice production design. Okay, yeah. I didn't actually put that together until you said it, but that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Subtle. There's a lot of good production design in this fucking movie. Mm. Yarmo de Toros knows how to build a world around his characters, which are always very, like, three-dimensional. I, I love that as the villain, like, we can kind of still understand this guy's motivations where he's coming from he's an asshole but like it makes sense why he's an asshole i guess i don't know please excuse my wife she's not used to company you know she thinks her silly little stories entertain us all he's a cunt mike <laughs> yeah no he's that's what i said he's, he's a total asshole 
For God's sake, she's just a woman. <laughs> I did also hate those uh, those little ladies that were at the dinner table that making their snide little fucking comments and laughing. Although they were enjoying the gossip, you know. <laughs> yeah, they really enjoyed hearing how he found his new wife. Like, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you were a tailor's wife. Oh, bless oh, you." Mm. Oh, and then, dear. and not only a tailor's wife, but then she went to go work in the factory or whatever, the factory, right? Yeah. How, I, how embarrassing for him. <laughs> Do you think she like recognized him and then saw an opportunity to have a quote unquote better life? And so she kind of like went for him or do you think he was the instigator, aggressor, asshole in that situation too, where he saw her and remembered her? What do you think? I think he saw her and that's when he knocked her up and he married her because she got pregnant and he wanted a son. Mm, yes. Mm, I agree. Okay. That's, that's I, the first thing. Okay. He touches her on the belly. Since oh, she yeah. Steps, that's the yeah, very first thing. That's all he cares about. her as a person. That's yeah. so creepy. Straight for you have given me an heir. Thank you. <laughs> because it, she, as she has stepped up in life a lot by doing this, but you can tell that she's very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And so I don't think she pursued him at all. Mm, mm, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. I heard her say in the movie, just, I want some dick. <laughs> she did have like three conversations like girl you're 12 you don't get it you can't I, be alone for that like, oh my god that's you know all what? she thinks about she's say. like when you grow up girl you'll understand <laughs> <laughs> you get you a Gaston looking motherfucker too <laughs> I 100% thought it was about her needing some dick but on this view I was like oh wait I actually know she's talking about how fucking tired she is being a parent and having to work and in this time period and i think she saw an opportunity to retire herself and i mm. i think that's what yeah. she's talking about. I, maybe it's both but it was, t- it was time to settle down uh well you know and if you can settle down with the captain with the captain you know Gaston over here yeah, he does, bro. When when he's sitting there after, like you know, right before they tell him, like, so your wife, she's dead, and, and like he had just murdered like everybody's doctor, and then for some reason nobody gives a fuck, and they're still running around right? and helping. Like, like no one's like, dude, really? And, the and, entire and, and, village. Like, thanks. I don't think you're allowed to question him, though, bro. Yeah, and and this woman goes into her third fucking miscarriage. Like, how does this happen? Like, how do you not? How is there still a baby? Where's all this blood coming from? You know. <laughs> Anyways, when he's sitting on that bench next to Ophelia, he looks just like Gaston. He's got the boots on and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Ugly Don Draper. That's what I heard him call. I was like, yeah, no, I'll take that. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's got a look about him. You know, he he, he fits this role. He fits this douchebag. Like he's got his hair always fucking like slick back. And he's just when he comes out in the rain and he's got, uh, you know, (laughs) he's got his fucking shirt open and all that, man. he, He looks like a badass. He fits this. Okay, but he really fits the look when the lady chops his like <gasps> face open. Oh my god! Oh, that is so, so great. He looks fucking amazing <laughs> with that Bro, additional. You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Bro, when he sews that face up, that that that's an actual holy shit. That's an actual like, I, dude. I had suspense in this movie. I had had these like cringy moments, and then yep. and then. But the yep. best part yep. of that scene. Is when he drinks whiskey and it seeps through. Oh, oh my! Yeah. You just know oh, that's so good. You dude. just know that you're just like, <gasps> like oh. <laughs> oh, it's so bad, man. I was sitting there like, aren't you supposed to start from like the closed side? So I, that, that was weird, like... right? And he pulled it all the way through, the knot all the yeah, way up to the top. I was like, ah, like, is that what you're supposed to do? Like, <laughs> I don't know the proper technique for sewing one's own face, but it didn't seem appropriate. Yeah. I, 
he just went through all that pain just to get shot in the face. The other side, though. The other, it so was they, the other they side. They, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like how it makes a tiny little hole, too. Tiny, dude. And he just falls over. Yeah. That was great. It was good. Yeah, she, she stabbed the shit out of you, too. Because she, she stabbed him in the back and in the chest, right? Dude, how did he survive so that? Blood. Yeah. Yes, he had so much blood. He's just walking around like, no, I'm fine. She got him like right where the you know right in the back, and then turned around and got him in the gut, and then like up up and then no up no no it was high. on the shoulder. She, she she stabbed him twice. Was it just Once. in the back and then there? Okay, it looked like she was like just barely missed his heart. I don't know how she didn't get some better organs in there, but <laughs> <laughs> like, goddamn, puncture a lung or something. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That was a badass. She ain't John Wick, like finding like, oh, I'm I'm just gonna make you hurt. <laughs> but the captain is is like John Wick because he's always double tapping motherfuckers. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> he's gonna yeah. shoot you at least twice. He's gonna shoot you through your fucking hand into your face and then pop you two more times. He's <laughs> he's gonna make sure. I liked uh, you, you saw the other soldiers doing that uh, when they were like running up that hill yeah. when they finally yeah, got yeah, some yeah. and they uh, they were dead. You saw the other men do that. He's gonna make sure. make sure they're dead. Yeah, when the rebels were doing it, I was like, "Don't they have knives? Like, why are they wasting all their bullets? It's not yeah, like they have like an ammunition. unlimited supply of fucking ammo. Like, what the hell?" Oh, of course, they point. also they all shot that one dude in the middle like eight times. When there's a whole fucking like group of dudes on a horses all around there, like, no, let's just all shoot the guy in the middle just to make sure he's dead. That's the one we were Shit. focusing on, Mike. <laughs> that's, that's the guy that was right in the middle of the screen. <laughs> we needed the bullets to go there. He was like the number two or something, or the number three. Which yeah, one we was? We really had to make sure because there's those like, those two lieutenants that are always following the captain. Or I, well, I don't. I guess they're lieutenants. I don't know. Do you do you ever get their ranks? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh man, he let her go. I did really like. Uh, was it Mercedes' escape scene? How he's just going through uh, the motions. He's he's doing that same rehearsed speech. Like, oh, these are all the tools I'm gonna kill you with. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's playing D- his game. Doesn't even fucking turn around. Yeah, he just he just gets done talking about like, oh, you felt my weakness, pride, and then just turns around and gives the speech. She's in the back, and it's like, goddamn, bro, you still haven't learned your lesson, have you? <laughs> Holy shit! Like, fuck, you're you goddamn. For God's sakes, Brian, she's just a woman. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and she even says that to him like right before, and it's like, still, yeah, it's dude. Like, God. She's like, it's, it's always been like that, right? And that's how I was able yep. to get away with everything. <laughs> I love yeah, how they, so they show great. her having the knife in her apron, like, oh, several occasions. They set that up, man. It's so Dude, great. Like, the yes. first time you see it, you're like, holy shit, she's going to kill someone with that fucking knife. And then she uses it again later. And it's like, oh, okay, this is, like, a common thing. That's why no one, like, questions it. So, hells yeah, she's going to use it. Yeah, man. <laughs> Everything they set up, they bring back. It, it is absolutely great. You guys are completely correct, but the first time I saw her do that, I was like, that is so clever. Like, right? <laughs> a great way to store knives when you're brilliant. <laughs> well, you, well, she'd have to like make an apron with like a knife pocket, like, you know, like you know, she can roll it up and tie it. Yeah, I mean, but like, you know, like maybe she didn't want to sew one. Like, that takes, listen, these people are busy, okay? <laughs> They're working, you know? Pluck great those way chickens to- well. <laughs> okay. Like, when, 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 um, Carmen or, or whatever, uh, the, the mom turns around and she tells him, she's like, make sure you, uh, you know, like, uh, you pluck those chickens well and all this shit. I was like, bitch, we're working. You not see us working over here? You think, you think, she you think she was a little like she's contributing. That's really, like, I don't know. Like, damn, right. you're going to cut, you're going to come up in here and think you own this shit now and talking shit. Down. 
Some know. people feel better about themselves when they feel like they've told you what you're supposed to do. When it's very obvious that you already know what to do, they're just like, "Yeah, it's shaking bacon. I helped." See, yeah, she's like, she's like, y'all quit wasting time. Get back to work. She's trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. establish herself as the what the lady of the house, maybe. Yeah, don't talk shit to people who are making your food. Right? Yeah. God damn. Thank you for working so hard. This is the slave labor, the Jared. All right? We've already established if yeah. they're not working, they're not living. What are they doing? Oh, that's right. Yeah. What else would they do? What else would oh they do? Well, <laughs> hold on. Bringing it back around. That was one of the things that I loved about this movie, actually, is like, this is, this is, they don't, they don't have technology, but they are so filled. Like, it's not like, we have seen period pieces before where like, they're just kind of like sitting in waiting <laughs> and yeah, in this one they they're like i have so much to do <laughs> i have yeah, yeah i really enjoyed that and and, and yeah. everything looked so beautiful like from like the milking of the cows to the plucking of the chickens to even when they were just like making the bath like everything looked like incredible which made me think about milk you know like, i never really, <laughs> thought, I never really <laughs> thought about milk you guys ever think about milk you know how long does milk stay you basically had to drink that milk that day, right? Or maybe the next well, day. Well, okay, so warm milk, like straight out of a cow, actually can last a lot longer than like oh, pasteurized man. milk sitting yeah. on a counter. Yeah. Imagine like, the first person who started drinking milk cold. You know, like uh, growing up, we always had milk, and I've always thought of it as a cold thing. But, but like, you know, if you're just drinking r- room temperature milk all the time, it's like, Ugh. it comes out warm. It comes out warm, and it tastes like warm. Didn't oh my we God. start? When did we start pasteurizing milk? It was like in the last hundred years. Like this is actually yeah. a very recent development. Very, very. Oh, man, you know, old man Brown's been feeding his uh, <laughs> been feeding his cows alfalfa, and you can really taste it. <laughs> warm milk. Ugh. Yeah, man. Because she's like, wants, she's, yeah, she's, she's like, oh, would you like some milk? <laughs> Just going to town. I thought that was hilarious, Because <laughs> I never thought about it. Like, can you imagine, though? Like, oh, my God, I would love some milk. Let me go milk Yeah, let me go do this real quick. <laughs> yep, yep, and there, yep, yep. And also the, the, the image of, like, there's this, like, bowl within a bowl. And then when she picks it up, like, milk spills everywhere. And, like... It, I don't know. Just like even when when uh, the captain finds the milk bowl with the mandrake root under the bed, he pulls it out and the milk is spilling everywhere. I was like, ah, it's just so gross. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too. When she well, put it on there, spoiled. like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, definitely. How long does that sit the... there? Like, how does someone not smell it? Like, what the fuck? Roots and blood and milk. Yeah, sour milk. Dude, she bites her fucking finger to make it bleed. Like, and the second time I watched it, I, I saw the capsule no. between her fingers. But like, yeah, yeah how, how could you bite your finger? Or like, I, I, I even... literally can't imagine like biting it hard enough to like. Okay, now I'm gonna make it bleed. Yeah, but also keep in yeah, mind though true. that she wants. She's probably going to bite her finger hard enough to make it bleed because that is how she's gonna keep her mom alive. Sure. Yeah. No. No. For yeah. the character, it makes sense. I'm just saying that. Like, I think she still has that member. dagger by that point. I think she has the gold dagger, right? So just like, you know. Yeah. Like I mean, find <laughs> some kind of like kitchen knife. Like she had access to the kitchen. Like I don't know. Biting the finger was like a oh wow okay. That shot with the mandrake root, though, when she's, like, holding it and then sets it into the bowl and, like, the camera dollies around and it, be, like, comes alive. Like, once the once it's alive, it looks very, like, um, animated. But, fuck, the transition is seamless, man. Did you watch the behind the scenes on that? Yeah. I did, I did not. So that was the actual, uh, um, that was the practice take. So really? she could, like, get her motivation. And then they did a, the actual shot with a potato because it was smaller and be easier to track. 
and then they'd be able to put the mandrake in later. So she wasn't holding anything. No, no, she was holding the the actual the beginning of it. She, like the thing, like, it's it's got it's got his little its little legs up, like yeah, in the yeah, okay, position. Yeah. So that's real, and she floats that down in there. But uh, Guillermo del Toro apparently was like, "Oh, I love this! This like like her her fucking eye lines and all that—they're perfect." So they had to go in and figure out how to like layer and track, and it was like became this like yeah, nightmare. Thing. I'm sure it did because it looked fucking fantastic. Yeah, and it looks really it. good. That would suck though. And what was this? 2006? No fucking tracking yeah. markers, that's, dude. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Like, oh no, man. So uh, you said no tracking markers, and, and but that uh, they show another thing when she's like flipping through the book, and then they show their plate. And they all they did was they had a little red sticker that had an X on it, and they like just stuck that on the page. Yeah, a single one. Yeah, right in the middle of the page. That's that's what they used. Yeah, I mean, as as long as it's on there, you know, and you have it yeah, in yeah. the frame, yeah. you just need something to track. Because all track the book the, stuff was really good. The edges of the book. Yeah, it did. Yeah, once you get there, especially when they showed the you know what is it the fallopian tubes and all that with the blood like seeping through the page. Yeah, that's cool too because it kind of looks like the uh, the fawn's um, horns as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it makes you also think Man, of the tree, uh, which kind of is very fallopian also tool. Looks like yeah. it. Yep. But yep. what vagina? But tree would Ophelia opening. know what the fallopian tubes look like? Well, I think that's like, she, when she saw this. Is she like? Does she know what that is, or or is it just like I see blood? No, she recognizes it as something bad. Now, uh, the movie skirts like any kind of. Outside of like hinting at it with imagery, you know that she's having a sexual ascension into womanhood. There's there's no sexuality involved with her character at all. Like there's, Mm-mm. you know, she's not falling in love with anybody. She's not exploring mm. any kind of mm. sexuality in the real world. Um, but there are like this these passages of becoming a woman and, and womanhood that's all her mom is focused on <laughs> is, is you know, that's like, true <clears throat> yeah you, you, you need to yeah. give up all this childish shit you need to quit fucking like why, why are you reading all these books and stuff you need to start focusing on like you know things like becoming a woman t- 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 take your pride in your family and, and step up and do your thing well a lot of Grow that has up. to do with the fact that the mom is marrying and moving in with the captain if they were still living alone i don't think she would care as much well, she's so focused on like she. You need to look good for him, you know. She's yeah. like, she's like, she's like, you yeah, like, uh, I can't wait the... to see you in this dress. You you need to do this for him. Yeah, because I yeah. If the captain doesn't like her, then they both are at risk of getting left. Yep. And kicked yep. out. Um. So everything that they are doing and all of the instructions she is telling her and the reason she's ordering her basically to grow up is so the captain doesn't get irritated with her. Mm. Yeah. And kick her out. It's a terrible reason to grow up. Yeah. You um, need to save the family. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic rules. <laughs> Should we talk about cinematography now, or do we need to take a break? I think I think that's a after we break, so that way I've had a little bit more whiskey, and then I can yeah. really, <laughs> really rant, really, really dive into uh, <laughs> like this. Okay, verse, versus Children of Men, and we'll talk. Okay, about well, Ooh. so we'll uh, we'll take a break. We're gonna play the trailer for Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth. We'll be right back. Unless we get lost along the way. In a dark time, when hope was bleak, there lived a young girl whose only escape was in a legend that wanted her back. The legend speaks of the lost soul of a princess 
from another world who will one day be reborn. There will be signs that mark her return. Secrets that reveal her destiny. There will be a journey that will make you believe. For Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth. I do love that theme. My only problem is that it sounds very, like, composed and not like a thing that someone would just sing as a lullaby. But it is a uh, haunting yeah, and beautiful. That, yeah, but that I lullaby disagree. thing, bro, when, when she's like, do you know lullaby? And she's like, yeah, but I forgot the word. And she's like, I don't care. I want to hear that shit. And then later on when she's dying and they bring it back, bro! Yeah. No, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. saying, it's a great song. It's a fucking World great building. song. Make me cry. It reminds Bring me of the on. score from uh, Rosemary's Baby a lot. Well, that's Ooh. my that's my problem with yeah. it is it's it just sounds like a score. It doesn't sound like an actual lullaby. It sounds like someone composed for yeah. a movie score, and but, they were like, but you know, "Here's a lullaby." No, it, 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 that's the thing. It lends into the style of this of this movie. This movie is. We're not going for realism because it's a fairy tale. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying, though. So you no, think about, think about even like the lighting. Yeah. Like you're like we're we're crawling under the fucking ch- under the vulva tree and uh, <laughs> and going down to meet the frog and it's lit. You know, like it's perfectly yeah. lit. Every frame yeah. is, is like you know unmotivated lighting, but it doesn't matter because it looks fucking great. Unmotivated just, lighting. It is. No, it is. Uh, no, right. that's true. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. 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 The only shots that I had a problem with the lighting were some of the ones where they were in the in the forest when it was supposed to be raining. Like, there's a very clear, like, gradient ND filter over the top of it because, like, oh, it's supposed to be dark right now, but they're very clearly shooting yeah. during, like, daytime. You know, I mean, I, like, like... Man, I, I forgive it. Like, it, it works in the context of all the shots. It's a little distracting, but... It's still pretty. It's nighttime in the bedroom, and, and the light's fucking bright, but it's beautiful oh, blue. Oh, right. And then, and then we also have a wrap light that's coming from the left side that's also blue, so there's no window there. Hey, where's this coming from? Who gives a fuck? It looks great. Like it, we're, we're set in a fairy tale world. That's because all all the nighttime shots, uh, all the all the the non-generated by them shot uh, light is it's blue. It's it's this beautiful cyan kind of steel blue. Yeah, it's it's it's. Fantastic, and and when they have lights from inside, it's all that beautiful like orangey tungsten stuff. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So this movie uh, won best cinematography, right, Brian? 
It's the really? Oscars. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So yeah. There you go. It it was up against uh, Children of Men. Oh, that's why you brought up Children of Men. Yeah. And let that sink in for a second. Wait, Anna was up against the Prestige. Yes, both of those films were, and God they damn, were. That was a. They were. That was both a big fucking year. Holy well. shit. Yeah, when we think about cinematography and that year, like Children of Men, man, like all these crazy, like single take shots with this beautiful fucking yeah, like, like eight lighting long and, 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 and yeah, yeah. And, and, and making everything feel like it's like natural lighting or like single source. But no, it's fucking lit and it looks amazing. And then like all, all the innovative camera shit that they did in Children of Men and this film still won best cinematography over that. I don't know. I call foul, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, a yeah, it's it's weird. It's messed up. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. to be fair, though, Alfonso Cuaron was also credited as a producer on this movie. So, like, he had plenty of chances to win something for those things. But, I don't know, this movie's beautiful, man. I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm just saying that, wow, that's very, very uh, interesting. It, look, it's it's beautiful, but at the same time, there's not a moment in Children of Men or The Prestige where I look at the sky and go, ooh, that is ugly sky. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. And this that's movie, fair. I look at the sky often when they're not going for that that nice amber look, and they're and they're going for steel blue, especially in the daytime forest, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. that goddamn train, that fucking train yeah. that they, the rebels blow up, and there's that, that set, and you see it sunk yep. in. That shot's fucking terrible. I fucking hate it. Yep, yep, yep. That was the that was the one moment that I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. And there's a few around it that have the, the gradient over the top of it where it's like, this is clearly added in post. Like, come We're on, doing guys. a day for nighty kind of feel yes, here. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's not night, though. It's just supposed to be, I guess, overcast. It, 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 you know? Well, no. They want this blue tone. So they're, they're, they're setting it in that vibe. Yeah, it just doesn't go along with anything. And they're like, I don't know. They're just, I, I wish they had just like left the sky blue. You know? Did it look that bad? You know, even in the trailer, it wasn't <laughs> as as blue or as crushed. Those shots, you know, they were backed off a little bit. I don't know. I, I just, think they hadn't pushed them so much when they when they cut the trailer. They that was like some early stuff, and then they pushed it a little bit more on the digital intermediate. It's just when you when you go back and you like, I think about like Children of Men, thinking about the Prestige. There's not a single moment, and we're talking about best cinematography mm. for the whole fucking year. I don't know, man. I, this one's got some flaws. Those two films. I can't think of anything that jumps out at me like this. Well, does. this is this is where you have to acknowledge that the Academy Awards are voted on by people who look at stuff and they're like, well, that one was pretty, but that one was also pretty, but that one made me feel something, so I guess I'll vote for that one. Cool. Yeah, but the children are men, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I no, I'm I'm just I'm I'm saying like the people that are in the academy are industry professionals, and they have to watch a lot of fucking movies, and there are so many categories that many of the movies that are in it are only in one or two categories, and so they don't even sometimes get watched. So they watch a trailer, and they're like, "Well, I guess I'll just vote for that one because people seem to like it." Like that is how the Academy Awards are nominated and won. Like. Not everyone watches every fucking film and then actually votes appropriately. Sometimes it's just like, well, this seems to be popular. I guess I'll just throw that one in. Yeah, cool. Move I, on. I understand that. I'm still going to bitch about it, though. Mike, if, you, if you fair. voted <laughs> off of a trailer, you deserve to be put in movie jail. That's like, true. That's straight, true. To straight, jail. straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, jail. Yeah. Wait, I don't get the $200? <laughs> no! No, straight to fucking jail. Also jail. Not to take away, you know, anything from this movie, but, you know, like, again, with, like, sets that are this amazing, 
Like, how how could you fuck up lighting them? Like, you, you, you'd you have to be kind of a little bit of an idiot. I mean, the sets are so good. You know what I mean? There's so many yeah, places excellent. to hide lights. You know, they have so much depth and, like, just like just like when they do camera moves around these things, there's so much foreground. Oh, man. You know? Oh, man. There's oh, so much man. thought put into all that. Wait, so are you saying that some of the sets were not lit well? Or are you saying no, that like, I'm it's saying, impossible to not light them yeah, in a way a, that makes them look Yeah, amazing. you can't make these sets look shitty, I don't think. You know? That's Maybe fair. they wouldn't look as beautiful, but you couldn't make them look bad. Like, flat lighting, I think these things would still sing. You shut your <laughs> mouth, Brian. <laughs> it looked I like mean, Hook. Oh, I was thinking, fuck I was thinking it, would, it, would, it would look more like Return to Oz. But, you oh, know. okay. Right. Uh, also, I, I've got a question to, to Kristen. Like, so the, the, the mom makes this big deal about how she's got this dress for uh, Ophelia, and then they give her this dress, and it's just so, like, plain. And, and they're like, oh, my God, you look so pretty. And I was like, this dress kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be Alice in Wonderland, right? Isn't that what they're doing? Is it? Right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So bl- black with the it's, the it's got the a- the built-in kind of apron thing. Green? Yeah, it's the wrong yeah. color, it's a, but it's, it's like a greenish the, thing. It's with the same the, style, yeah. right? Brown. It is nice, and I think another uh, something you should keep in mind is that the, that was probably made by someone. <laughs> Either her or Mercedes. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> like, it's not like these people are consulting, like, Paris before they give their daughter clothing. And so that That's would be fair. a very okay. nice dress. Yes. <laughs> and I think everyone, I think even you guys can understand the devastation she felt when she found it in the mud. <laughs> Dude, uh, why didn't yeah. she change before God she left damn, on her dude. adventure? What the fuck right. did you go outside to play in your church clothes? Like, she don't have <laughs> sense to take it off. Yeah. But I thought it was so funny when she crawled out of that tree. Like, she, not only is she covered in mud, and her underclothes are like muddy, but her, there's mud in her hair, and, and she puts yeah, it amazing. back on. I was I know, like, that was what? so. Maybe she thought maybe she thought that the rain would wash it off. But what's what's yeah. missing in there is is that when she goes into the tree and she leaves the, the the fucking dress hanging, she sets the book on the tree, and we don't see that the book's not there when she comes out. And then later, the book looks still looks new. No, no weather damage. It's a magic that book, weird. bro. That's yeah, a magic it's a book. Magic, it's a magic, oh, magic book that is. I mean, to me, that was a moment where it was kind of illustrating like this might not actually be real, because there are a few times where like she's interacting with with these fantastical creatures and things, and other people walk up on her and there's nothing there. So this book still being you know perfect after all of her shit getting ruined kind of implies maybe it's not actually there for reals maybe it's in her head i don't know i, I feel like that's kind of the, one of the first implications where they're like is this happening is this not happening you don't know do you i will say though guillermo del toro handles the fucking tone of this movie so perfectly but at the end yes i yes. do not care whether she went to fucking underworld princess kingdom or if she just fucking died right then and there and, mm. and everything moved on. I do not care. I really don't. Like, the tone is so perfect. The way we're juxtaposing adult versus kids world and we're showing, like, different – the same thing but from different perspectives, you know? Yeah. It's so yeah. fucking brilliant, you know? And when you get to it, it's like it doesn't really matter whether she lived or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, both sides are both equally perfect, like if if she did actually survive and she is this person that has the whole thing and the legend and all that that's wonderful that's beautiful like look at all this stuff if she didn't 
You know what? She's kind of a little bit better off. Dead? I mean, either way, she's better off. Whether it's real or not, she's better. Well, she's yeah. probably better off. <laughs> and, and it's kind of weird too. Like she got the she got the I guess the death the captain wanted, right? You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the captain just oh, gets shot in the face. Point. Yeah, yeah. That's nobody's a really ever going to remember him. And you see, like all of the soldiers, all the rebels. You know, like Mercedes is holding uh, the girl, but like everyone else too is there, and they're all witnessing it. Yeah. With the little brother, and it's kind of like, oh, this story, it just gives you the sense like this story is going to be passed on. I actually thought it was, um, I'm sort of in the camp of it doesn't really matter if it's real or if it's not real, but I'm, I did think it was sort of interesting to look at it with the lens of, you know, this whole world that she's seeing with underground, underworld kings and fawns and fairies of, of the people who believe in that, right? Um, that is often called the the unseen world. Like that's why most of us can't see it, right? And so you have to either be like I don't know, some sort of psychic or a child or very close to death. And I also thought it was kind of sweet, almost like her mind constructed all of this so that she can cope with what's about to happen mm. to her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there are a couple of different ways to look at it, real or not, and all of them are I think are absolutely beautiful, which is. A testament to this story yeah and even the the opening shot is coming up out of that well uh where her blood's dripping and then we the blood sucks back up into her and then we push into her eyes like it like goes into her and then boom now we're in this magical world where we're setting our story yeah to be able to achieve that level of nuance and subtlety on so many levels where it all works and you're like all of it could be the real thing quote-unquote like that is some fucking masterful storytelling that like so many people try and they strive to get that level of like implication and nuance man Guillermo del Toro fucking kills all of this shit man it's so good and he keeps the pace up for two hours. Like yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't yeah. feel the, I don't feel the runtime on this at all. I, I think yeah. there's, there's nothing lacking in it. I think everything is like right where it should be. It, it, it's just, it's, it's really, really, really well told. In addition to all of that, one of the things that I've really appreciated, and I think this is what makes the story also really so gripping, is how tactile everything is and how earthy everything hmm. is, and. Hmm. It's not just her literally being in the earth, although I did love that um, with her like muddy hands and muddy clothes and all of that. I mean, all of the clothing in this, if we'll jump to clothing for a second, um, looks like sturdy, like you could touch it, like it's someone just Mm. made it. Um, Her little sweater that she wears looks like someone hand knit it. And someone probably did. And uh, the blanket looks like someone just knit, but not just knit it. Like it looks like it's been used, but it does look knit. Like everything looks, uh, even when she's not, even when they're not wearing knits, when they're wearing fabrics, they look heavy. The leather, it looks like real leather. Like everything looks fantastic in it. And it just mm. creates, it grounds you into this world even even the fantastical elements i mean and i think that is a huge testament we can get into the costumes and the makeup that but but even the, all of the practical effects that they did 
just really like they're just you it's like you could reach out and touch them and and you don't doubt for a second that they're Mm. not real because they are because all of this is I mean, you know, for the most part, most part, this is all real, you know, I mean, when you look at all of, I don't know if you guys saw the behind the scenes makeup for the fawn and for the pale man, but like, it was crazy. (laughs) What he went through is is insane. But do you think that the fawn's eyes are, are the blinks fake? Are the blinks digital? Uh, yeah, some of them are. Uh, now I know that they mechanically did that because I, I did see that on the behind the scenes, and there are a couple of them in the very first scene that look like they're mechanical blinks, but later in the movie, it starts to feel digital, it right? It feels digital as shit, yeah. dude. And I think they did something it, to the eyes, too, to make, like, uh, make them glassier and, like, hmm. a little bit more, like, reflective, or maybe, I don't know, man. Maybe that's just them putting lights somewhere and spraying I like how it he's with a little... something, you know? He's a little goofy and he laughs and he's he's very like you know man, manipulative and and yeah. <laughs> I like scary, how you don't you don't know yeah. like when you first meet him like is he actually a bad guy is he actually like manipulating <laughs> her like you're not really sure like should we trust him or not dude and especially yeah. when he's like no 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 you can't fucking question me like you have to bring your baby brother and then just like kill <laughs> him like, earlier. What the fuck are you talking about? What? There's like he this there's like this carving. Yeah, yeah, there's this carving of these. He's like, that is me, and this is you. And the and she's like, and the baby is like, well, um, and he just changes the subject. <laughs> I didn't trust him until the very end when he steps out from behind the throne. Yep. I'm like, all right, same. okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. Yep. Both um, times I watched it, when that was my same reaction. I'm like, well, when, when, oh, when the, right. Oh, yeah. When the fairy changes at the beginning, I was like, ooh, this is a little evil. You know, like, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll become what you need me to be, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the fairies also, were scary. The fairies, <laughs> all versions of the fairy were creepy. Yeah, yeah like, like, yeah. like, let us follow. Like, oh yeah, that's right. We you have this fucked up fucking labyrinth that's right here. I'm like, wow, shop. Come on, I'll, I'll take you out there. Let's, let's go play. Look at me in my weird I'm, alien bald head yeah. and my big black yeah. eyes. Follow me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't think it was weird that the king and queen at the end had black eyes as well. I was like, man, that's kind of fucking freaky. They well, did. With blonde hair, right? Yeah. The mom yeah. at least had blonde hair. I thought that was weird. What a testament, though, to Guillermo del Toro's like storytelling ability that we care about all these characters, even in the midst of like not trusting them. We still like want to know where they're coming from, what they're doing, why they want to do it. Like, there's just so much again subtlety and nuance. This shit is so fucking good. It is. Yeah, it's got a nice sense of like suspense, like constantly running. Yes, throughout yes. it too. It's just like you never know. Like, oh, wait, wait, is the fantasy stuff bad? Or oh, okay, the captain's definitely bad. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> this is so stressful. There's no fucking question what? on some of that. Yeah. There's a little bit of for me. I thought there was a little bit of parallel to Coraline, where yeah, like you're like oh, I don't man. know that if we can trust the other parents, but like. Yeah. They yeah. are treating her better than her regular <laughs> parents. Like, I see why you want to stay, girl. <laughs> yeah, when her mom dies, too, that's a, that's a good moment because you feel like all she has left is the, the fantasy world and then the, the fawn leaves her as well. And it's just kind of like, damn, this girl's got nothing. She's got nothing. Nothing. She broke the rules, bro. She had to eat those gorgeous, gorgeous Dude. grapes, bro. Dude. Massive that- grapes. Glistening. <laughs> That scene gets me every fucking time because it's like, 
like there's so many good things to eat, and she chooses a fucking she grape. Cho- yeah. Like I, I, I know. choose okay, something with like sustenance and. I think on, she what? picked the grape because she's like, oh, this is so small, no one will notice it. I, yeah. That's yeah. the only thing yeah. I can think about because, like, yeah, like, like you can see how they have food rations and like they're yep. even even though he's the captain, like they have to go to the other people's houses to get food for him. Like they are not doing well. And I wish they'd have showed her a little hungry though, because it felt that's like. True. Why did why did she you know she wasn't that so the night sweet. when she went to bed without dinner? Oh, oh yeah, no, was, you're right. It was yeah, what? it was the next night. Yeah, oh, it was, oh, the, it was the next night. night. Okay, yeah. I mean, th- well, think about how uh, rarely you see her eat. I don't think is there. A, I don't think you ever yeah. see her. Yeah, eat. you never see her eat, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, just the it's just the parents. Yeah, the, the grapes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think it's, you're right. That's all she's had to eat. Those were some nice grapes. Hmm. Meanwhile, we're sitting there as the audience, being like, "How do you not hear?" Right behind you. Yeah, and, 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 and your little fairy friends are like, 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 no, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're breaking the rules. <laughs> I also wonder if it's like, uh, you know, this is also like a very common theme in fairy tales when you go to the other other world or the, the especially the underworld. Like, you're never supposed to eat, and they always want to, and they usually yep. they do. Like, is the food enchanted? Like, are you under mm. a spell? Well, like, if I it says know. eat me on it, it's okay. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the forbidden fruit, man. You can't eat yeah. that. Yeah, it's definitely Aladdin in the Cave of Wonders. Don't touch anything. Yeah, especially when you walk in and you see those murals. Those murals of... Uh, Pale man. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, the pale like, man. Like so he's I wonder eating what this children and into. stabbing them and like killing babies, <laughs> eating children. Like she's like, cool. Let me just hang out and see if I can eat some of this food. Like, <laughs> dude, that. Okay, so we go around the ceiling, right? And then we see her face, and then we cut wide and low, and there's like this like beautiful like pile of children's shoes that's dirtying the floor. Like this yeah. is so fucking, fucking love like, that. <laughs> like, yeah, just in case you weren't sure that it was like definitely not just a con- it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a meme on his wall. He yeah, does dude. it for reals, guys. He's got that one kid up by his fucking leg, and he's like getting the love handles <laughs> with a fucking knife. And he's got himself a steak. <laughs> <laughs> fucking gnarly. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, no, p- the pale man's great. Okay, I, I w- Eyes and was. Are great too. Yeah, that was really creepy. That was he's creepier so, so than I remembered. You know, like, you know, he, he, just, he just feels. Oh, it's so odd. Scene, were um, you guys I, satisfied with the amount of creatures now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. That was great. Okay, but I also saw that all of the the reason the pale man looked like that was because Del Toro was inspired by his weight loss and all his flabby skin. And oh so my god, like, seriously? He wanted it to put it into the monster. Because I fucking love that part. Like, so yeah, much skin just fucking hanging out. Like, well, it could have lapped a bit more, honestly. Yeah, it could have. It, it was okay. But it was good. It was, it was good. If those murals creepy. were made, if those murals were made in his heyday... Then he should have been fat in those. He was supposed to be fat, right? Like he was no, 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 sitting at that table. You guys didn't watch the animated comic that came on the Criterion. No, he was so like he's he was like a a fat gluttonous guy that ate all the time in his life, and then his punishment is he's got all this food around him that he can no longer eat, and he can he can only eat the blood of innocence. So. That's why he, he goes after the children and cuts them up and eats them. Hmm. So that's the story there. And fairies. 
He rips those to pieces. Oh, my well, God. They were innocent, though. probably. Well, shit. He slammed uh, them into his mouth. He fucking and, like, just bit their heads <laughs> off. The head like, like it was fucking a Ozzy Osbourne. And then the next shot, he's literally licking his fingers. He's like, <laughs> like oh, let me get the rest of the He's like, blood. oh, right, it's right, delicious. Okay. Berries are not normally known for being innocent, but sure. <laughs> hey, but they came back at the end, and they weren't all blue and glowy, but they still were there to greet you at the end. <laughs> well, I think those back. are additional fairies, not the ones no, no, that no, had No, no, no. I think that was the whole point. No, it was. It they was, had those come are, back alive. Like everybody's fine. Oh, you 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 oh, passed the, the test in the end world. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah, yes. yeah yeah. No, you passed the test. It's great. Well, no, We're that's because everyone's dead now. <laughs> Correct, <laughs> including the fairies. Well, that one little fairy was the only one that really believed in her, though. He's like, she believed in you the whole time. <laughs> And All how right. did that go? Now, now we know she's dead. Way to go, Jared. Take away my other ending. <laughs> oh. That I thought we had. Oh, no. It's all They're bleak all and depressing. Uh, speaking of like things that are practical, um, so do you remember the scene where um, Ophelia drugs the, the captain? Yeah. And so he sees her and he's like, he's like, leave, leave, leave him. And she, she's like, fuck you. I'm taking him and, and runs. And it cuts back to him and he starts to feel the effects. Do you think that that like effect that they do is that lens whacking where they basically oh, take the yeah. lens loose and then jiggle it in, in the, in the mount? Or was that done digitally? I think that was done digitally because I commented on it watching it because the, the screen feels like it wobbles. Like, but that's what made me think it's lens whacking. Because like if you take, if you take the lens just barely out of the mount and, like, and move it, it, yeah. it does that kind of effect in camera. I could see them doing that. I, I have also I have, I have done that effect accidentally trying to stabilize footage that like, should not have been terrible. And you're able it, to replicate it, something? Yeah, it, it has that kind of like a holy shit. The whole the whole image just like wobbled in frame in a way that that doesn't normally make sense. They only kind of did that once or twice. I think it was a combination. Honestly, is where I kind of landed because there's a few moments that that they do something. So maybe that particular moment wasn't a lens whacking, but it seems like there was a f- a, f- a couple different like, well, let's do this for that shot and this for that shot, and hey, maybe this part will make it feel better, but. Yeah, no, let's it definitely just, works in context for sure. Well, let's just say that it was lens whacking because it won the Oscar for best cinematography. I mean, digital effects on didn't Avatar and Life of Pi after also win <laughs> best cinematography? Yeah, yeah, but no lens whacking. Oh, if this is lens whacking, <laughs> they whacked the fuck out the lens too, Jared. <laughs> for God's sake! <laughs> oh, and I also like the uh, the homage to uh, Beetlejuice. Draw a door. That effect when she like does the chalk thing and then they show it like fucking acidic going through or whatever. Yeah. It looks so cool. Did it bother you guys that like she left the door open and there was that hourglass that showed us that the door is going to be open for this time. And then when she does the door on the ceiling and she walks through, cl- yeah. it shuts in like five fucking seconds. Well, she kind of shuts it behind no, herself. She, she pushes it. No, yeah. she pushes it closed. Oh, so that's the difference. So it it yes. goes closed. So, but okay. but I was All thought right. you were about to say does does it like you know because she draws the door right and and then but then when they go and find it the door the door is still drawn. Yeah. No, that's when she goes in uh, to get to the uh, the that's baby. Right. That's, that's at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's not going. Yeah, no. I guess the chalk can take you anywhere that you want to go. I don't know because, like, yeah. No, I was saying that like, that when uh, Mercedes comes in after she's like stormed the castle and she comes in to find her, that, that she sees the uh, she the sees chalk the chalk, chalk out. Yeah, she yeah. sees yeah. the chalk to get into where uh, into the mill, into the captain's room. 
right? right? Before we saw the chalk only opens it to the demon door or to the demon room. I, th- with the I pale think man, it, right? I think I, after you've done it once and you understand how it works, it could take you wherever you want to go. Sure. But I think it has to do with the intent. Like she's like, I'm going to go to this place. Let me draw the door to go right. there. They don't explain it. They don't have to. I'm fine with it. Well, we're going. We don't need. I don't know. I, I, it's magic chalk. <laughs> I'm all right. It's that's ma- fair. Well, but the ma- it's I very brittle the magic though. Chalk. So there's like a lot of um, <laughs> very like, brittle. It is. It breaks really easily. Well, I think that's all chalk, isn't it? <laughs> no, this true. chalk seems that's extra true. extra brittle, and it's also like the sound of it when she was like scraping across the the fucking sound of that and the sound of of that fucking key, Oof. like well, like like putting the key in the lock Those was like heavy, so heavy high sounds. pitch. I don't know. I read the the moment when Mercedes comes into the room and sees the chalk outline. I thought that was the original door that she drew because there's like a little like extra lines or whatever on it. And it's like, oh, maybe she didn't actually go there and it really kind of was in her mind. That was one of the first moments that I felt like there was implication that this isn't actually happening for reals and it's just all in her brain. Yeah, because when she came back the uh, and the door closed behind her. Yeah, uh, like or the floor. I guess it it sealed itself back up, so the chalk line wasn't there. But you you can kind of still see like the outlines on the wood because that's like the floor paneling or whatever. Wait, was that supposed to be the? <sighs> Damn, no, because the chalk outline on the door that we saw was different, right? Because that one was beside her bed, and the one that she used to go get the demon was like over against like that whole wall that was like blank, mm-hmm. and there was nothing beside it, right? So that was a different chalk door. Oh, was it okay? I think and also, so. yeah, I appreciated that the uh, the door that she opened up to go into where the fucking pale man was was like up high, and she had to like crawl down into it. I love that. I love that it wasn't like ground level. <laughs> you know, it's, and she had to put a chair down in there. That, that is such so an interesting, like fucking cool. They could yeah. have done literally anything, and it could have just been normal. But like that is such a no. No other movies fucking do that. Well, it gives yeah. you the chair so she can get up high, so she can try to get in the ceiling, so she can get up out of yep. it, so he can't get out, he can't yep. follow her through. No, it all comes of it back yeah. later, but also yeah. just like I don't know, it's just such a small detail that feel it just makes it feel so much more real and grounded. We were like, well, yeah, like oh, how would you know where the door is and where it's going to be? And she, you don't know. Why didn't she take the fucking uh, the, the hourglass with her? I dude, I thought that the whole time. Like, like bring like, it in with how you. She's and, like, to know how set much it down. Like like, like, like walk really easily with it. So yeah. you, and then set it down and then fucking do your thing where you can still see it because and it builds it more suspense if she doesn't know how much time she has. Because then <sighs> we as the audience we know that she doesn't have the, the time. Says with your her. life depends on it, Brian. I know. <laughs> if my life depended on it, I would fucking take that and then I would take yep. some fucking fruit with me and not eat it and then go back <laughs> through the door. And once it closes, then I'm gonna have my grapes. She's not really thinking about this properly take that whole fucking ham with the fucking big piece of pineapple and all the shit like just take it with you jared that's how the pale man shows up in your bedroom and murders you <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, <laughs> no it just pops out later and it looks like the fucking food from hook and it's just all fucking like it's like it's like yep. pudding <laughs> or it's like all, it's all pudding. Or something. <laughs> it's all empty bowls actually oh yeah yeah <laughs> play <laughs> you know I thought some of the agreement when we did the Hook podcast is that <laughs> all mentions of that movie would just cease. They would stop. Could have sworn no. that was going to happen. No, you, 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 that was you didn't bring me on Beetlejuice, and this is your penance from now on. Dude, motherfucker, we will do Beetlejuice, all right? <laughs> we'll do Beetlejuice when the new Beetlejuice comes God out. God damn we'll it. Do- all right, so after that, I want to hear no more Hook. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> I guess I guess we didn't talk about it. Uh, budget of this movie was um, nineteen million dollars, which is impressive as shit. Yeah, 
Wow. Yeah. Worldwide made eighty three point eight million. So huge return on investment. That's still lower than I would have thought. Yeah, especially worldwide. Because this was so big when it came out. I feel like almost everyone saw it. Everyone I knew saw it. Yeah, that's weird. That, that, those numbers seem small. Well, it's still the top. It's one of the top 10 highest grossing foreign language films in the United States. And in the U.S. it only made 37.6. Oh, right. Remember, a yeah. Film. That's right. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, and it was only released subtitled. I don't. I never saw a dub of this ever released. Yeah. I, I ain't reading no films. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now I will say that, like you know, this being subtitles, I was, I kept, I, I did rewind a few times to like fucking actually watch it. Now that I knew what they were saying, you know, to kind of like try to catch it a little bit. It, it's difficult to 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 read it and then and to, and to see the performance at the same time. It takes a while, but yeah. I do say that after a while, you do kind of fall into it, and it feels like you're speaking Spanish or you understand Spanish for some reason. <laughs> like you know what I mean? You fall into it, and you're like, "Holy shit, I understand everything." <laughs> I did like that he kept like the <laughs> the subtitles were off screen and the dialogue was off screen. On there, all the really impressive like wide shots and the really cool camera moves it gives you time, right? And I also felt I like the that. delivery of things, uh, like were, were slow, slow enough that, that like you were able to keep up pretty easily as well. It's, it felt calculated in that way. Yeah, I thought the subtitles in this were perfect because at first I was kind of like, mm, mm. but then yeah, it worked out. I, they were perfectly faced. Yeah, and, and it really like uh, having to read the. Uh, it was very conscious that I was having to read, and also you know it, it's it's a, it's an active viewing experience. You can't be passive about it. This isn't something that you can put on in the background and no, just have on and just listening yeah. to it. So, so you're having to be constantly engaged in it, which made me instantly like when she gets the book and the first time she goes to the bathroom and she's like finally alone and she she's like show me whatever and it pops up and it has this weird language and the language switches over to Spanish and I'm like fuck I still can't read it. <laughs> okay, that was the mo- the one moment that I really actually appreciated the subtitles because it pu- it puts it immediately in quotations so you know that she's reading from the book as opposed to just her voiceover. Right. And like it doesn't matter that you can't read what's on the book because she's going to obviously tell you what is necessary for you to know. And that, again, is just an illustration of the masterful level of Guillermo del Toro knowing exactly what the audience needs to know moving forward, both auditorily and in a different language. Like, that's fucking brilliant. It is. But, you know, I like to pause it and read everything, so... Well, I usually do too. <laughs> like anytime there's like a fucking text on screen, like, oh, someone pulls up a card or a book or some kind of page of like a, an article, newspaper, all that shit. I'm like, I want to click and pause and read it. I never felt the inclination to do that in this because it's so perfectly just like handed to you and this is what you need. It makes sense. But even so, I mean, I completely agree with you guys about how this is this is all active and yes the subtitles play active viewing and this the subtitles play a part in this but i think the story itself really sucks you in and the acting is so key mm-hmm. and the story mm-hmm. like the second that they start off and and they're like the the once upon a time even that even that is so different from most fairy tales because you're almost used to it you're kind of like yeah i know what's coming but with this one you never quite know what's coming especially when at the beginning they introduce that really violent scene you're like oh shit (laughs) could happen (laughs) like i don't know what's gonna happen in this yeah it's it's pretty shocking and i don't know the whole thing is just riveting especially because it's from this child's point of view yeah and i'd also like to point out that like 
The captain had no qualms about saying, save the fucking baby. Dude. Like, let her, uh, unlike, unlike in, in fucking Exorcist yeah. Beginnings, like fucking like, you know, look, <laughs> save the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like he's better like, screenwriters here, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really better screenwriters. Like, oh my god, you know, like look, look at all the the other stuff that we're able to talk about and all the nuance we're able to talk about in this movie, and we're understanding it, and we can talk about like, oh, look at all these these layers here, and these make sense, and we're not confused, and having them fucking filling gaps. Fuck that movie. <laughs> <sighs> Anybody have anything else? Uh, I wrote the only cool thing about the fucking captain is that when he went into battle, he pulled a pistol. And he was fucking going into battle with just a pistol, and I thought that was pretty badass. Like, <laughs> I did appreciate that, actually. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, when do you ever see motherfuckers rolling in into like a fucking the front lines with just pistols? <laughs> well, he was just throwing bullets with infinite away. Like ammo. He had, he had like, tons. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like he, how many clips is he just going to like reload? And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, he's got one on that side. He's got one on that side. And we already seen him do two. So like, maybe he's got like a couple in the front. Like, I don't, maybe I don't know, maybe he's got a lot of ammo. I don't know. Yeah, there, there was just something badass about going into the battle with a pistol. Do you guys listen to the audio commentary at all? No, no. I wanted to. I meant to this afternoon. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't get around to it. Was it in Spanish? Did it have subtitles? Too? No, no. It's uh, Guillermo del Toro. He's talking in English and everything like that. It's it's worth listening to in that scene uh, specifically when the soldiers, uh, you know, they're they're fighting. You, you see the captain going up the the hillside, uh, getting cover behind the trees with the pistols. Guillermo yeah. del Toro in the audio commentary at that point was talking about how like it was very dry in that region and all the moss. And all the greenery, they had to bring it in and set decorate it. Wow, oh, really? Wow. Holy so shit. So lit this motherfucker on fire. Yeah. Holy because shit. Because they had all this this fake uh, stuff around, and because it was so dry, they wouldn't let them uh, fire blanks. They were worried that it would start a fire. That's fair. All right? Yeah. So they went ahead and they shot the scene, and Guillermo del Toro said that that entire uh, scene, all the squib hits and all the muzzle flashes, everything is all CGI. And that cost them, wow. in 2016, cost them $300,000. Holy shit. But the crazy thing of the story is is that uh, the $300,000 was not in the budget. Their bu- whole budget was only ni- uh, ni- ni- uh, $19 million. So Guillermo del Toro and all the producers, you, you, see the, you see this little bit of trivia all over, and everybody just credits Guillermo del Toro, but Guillermo and all the producers gave up their fee and their fucking back ends. To get that Whoa. shot into the movie. Holy shit. Holy shit. Isn't that insane? Because pistols are badass going into battle. But uh, <laughs> because <laughs> but they like, didn't want to start an actual forest fire for the sake of safety on set. That's some badass motherfuckers right, right that there. Is, that is um, totally cool. Hats off. The close-up of the guy walking up and popping the guy in the head twice where the, where the gun's only like this far away from his head, it looks like doo-doo. But all the other ones look great. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and 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 the, also the explosions off in the distance and seeing smoke through binoculars. Those, and all that. It, it looks very video game, but yeah, it does look a little video game. Yet again, we're in a fantasy film. Yep. Uh, we're doing stylized lighting, all of it. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's great. Yeah, it, it does exactly what it needs to. It makes you feel things, and it's got badass gore. All right, we got to be a ratings now. Come on, what are we rating? Pan's Labyrinth. Who's going first? Uh, I'm gonna come out the gate super fucking strong. I'm gonna rate it a ten because this is a fucking 
fairy tale masterpiece. This it's dark. It's fucking scary. It's got crazy gore. The fucking score's amazing. The lighting's beautiful. Everything's there. The acting's fucking crazy good. Like, god damn it, man. Uh this I take it back. Ever after may not be the best fairy tale movie after all. Ooh. It may be Pan's like, Labernith. And you use yeah, the M word. Kids can watch that. Jared said what, masterpiece. What, what was the word? Did I, oh, no, no, no. This one is a masterpiece. I don't see anything. Like I said, man, this has everything they set up, it comes back. Like, uh, like all the, the story is told like immaculately, and, and, it, and it just it, it feels like there's actual fucking stakes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, I, yeah, yeah I, I love this movie. I think this movie is excellent. All right. Who's going next? Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I can say that's wrong with this movie except for like a couple shots that I'm like, well, yeah, obviously they had to do like a day for night situation. So they like they dealt with it. There's subtlety. There's nuance. There's there's character progression. Every fucking person on screen seems like they have motivation that you can understand. Like the number of times that I'm like shouting at the screen like, don't do that. Like you just get invested in these characters. You you care about what's happening on screen. To have a to have a finale that is so emotionally impactful, um, and you actually legitimately don't care if she's quote unquote alive or dead or whatever. Like that's that's fucking hard to do. To be a a fantasy movie, to be a, to be what this movie is requires some fucking skill and and i i saw this movie um probably eight years ago i was like okay this was a cool movie i guess like people thought it was a big deal watching it again this week i'm like this is just fucking masterful like this this needs to be in my my top movies that i'm gonna watch every like two or three years just to see how how the masters do it because every scene is just so well blocked it's so well acted like every character just you feel their motivations you feel them on screen and to be a foreign language and like as an english speaking person to feel like i can follow it so well and and empathize with these characters that is another level of like god damn it's so good so i can't imagine how it would be to just be a native spanish speaker and watch this movie and be like yeah no obviously this is what like the top of the top of the top is I don't know how you get better than this shit. The world building is amazing. Cinematography is pretty great. The the set design is amazing. The the fuck everybody's at the top of their game. Um, I don't have anything more to say than this is just a fucking fantastic movie, and you should definitely watch it. It's a ten. All right, two tens. Kristen, you go next. Yes, this movie is absolutely incredible and. The world building here, everything from the writing to the costumes to the makeup to everything is absolutely amazing. And one of the things that I think we touched on but didn't really explore was is the female characters um, in this and a lot of the female imagery in this, which I think is absolutely incredible to have multiple <laughs> female characters who all have different points of views. Um, and are all really strong characters in their own rights, right, is is absolutely amazing. And beyond that, even, um, there's just so much depth here about these women and their worlds. And it's clearly written 
if it's not written by a woman, it's written by someone who knows and loves women. And it was just kind of amazing to sort of go into this experience um, that is the whole point of fairy tale. I, I don't know. I don't know. Do do guys do you guys do guys do fairy tales? Is that a girl thing? No, guys. These do. guys do. Yeah, guys do. Yeah, guys. Absolutely. Okay, okay. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. These- Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Should not just hear us gush about this for like the last hour. No, I no no no. I mean, like, do you guys grow up on fairy tales the way girls do? Oh hell yeah! Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Yep. Um, okay, okay. That's what I wasn't sure about. Yeah. So th- this is I think this this isn't a fairy tale that I you know I don't think this existed before this movie was made, but it has so many of the psychological markings of you know you have to grow up and here are these tasks that are impossible to do and you have to do them like you don't have a choice and watching this character come through that is incredible you got a fire going on there girl that was that was yes that was two days ago hold on but for real (laughs) Yeah, my neighbor's house caught on fire. <laughs> Damn, a couple shit, days I ago. I was just yeah. joking. You have I'm trees sorry. happening, <laughs> and fucking fires happening. Just making an asshole statement. God damn. <laughs> um, what a dick, right? I know, right? Anyway, sorry. Um, okay, yeah. So, the, but all the whole fairy tale element of of being forced to grow up very quickly. And and given impossible tasks and you don't know what you're doing and you have no way to get through it. Um, I, I just I absolutely loved this and I loved watching everyone play their part. Everyone, uh, you know, uh, you know, even the men are well written. Like, look, we already talked about the captain and how fantastic <laughs> he is. Um, but like they're all, like everyone. That's what I'm saying. It's like everyone even is great in this. Even the men. Um so yeah, God, they actually were talking about something besides women in this. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> but I, you know, enjoyed the doctor character a lot too. Anyway, I'm just rambling at this point because I could talk about any aspect of this for forever. Um, it's a ten. This is outstanding. All right, three tens. Uh, so guess what? Uh, yeah, I'm also going to give it a ten. It's a, it is a masterpiece. It's, I would say, it's. The best fantasy film we've had since Lord of the Rings, and we've had nothing else come Damn. close um, since Damn. then. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it, this is like top 10 fantasy. This is like the. You can't yeah. think of too yeah. many things yeah. that are like this well written, you know, like the, this visually impressive. It's just so much. It's like, you know, Guillermo del Toro, he, I know he gets a lot for his style. Uh, a lot of people compare him to uh, Tim Burton. But the difference here is uh, eh. del Toro writes his own stuff, and the layers yep. are yep. so ever-present. So and, like, even when he does stuff like uh, Pack Rim, you know, like, you, you sit down and you watch Pacific Rim. You know, Pack Rim. Well, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I thought you guys were cool. Um, obviously, <laughs> you're not. You don't know about Jaegers and Kaiju. All right? So when you have giant robots and it, giant Brian. monsters fighting, it. you know, like, a lot of people are just immediately check out and like, oh, this is stupid. This is Power Rangers. But you, you go see that movie and, you're, like, everything that he's putting into that. And, yes, it Kristen is. walked away. It is. <laughs> it is just Power Rangers. It is pretty impressive. Like, I mean, just the amount of detail that he even puts into that. This guy cares so much about what he does. Um, I I don't watch this as much as uh, Shape of Water. I don't watch it as much as Pacific Rim. I don't watch it as much as Devil, uh, Devil's Backbone. But it, I this may be 
Del Toro's best movie. Like when you go back and you look at his body of mm-hmm. work, the things that he did before and after, this kind of feels like the autistic not autistic uh <laughs> what am i trying to say not 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 uh artistic altruistic? no uh, oh like uh, like the auteur yeah I, I guess if you're yeah if you're going for like a, a the auteur theory or, or anything like that this this just fits you can see all of the culmination of his work here yeah like everything kind of branches from this movie before and since um yeah, it's ten. It's great. It's a great movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, get off your ass and go see it. It's great. If you haven't watched it in ten years, watch it again. What the fuck are you doing? Pan's Labyrinth is Alice in Wonderland for grown-ups, with the horrors of both reality and fantasy blended together into an extraordinary spellbinding fable. Rotten Tomatoes certifies Pan's Labyrinth, 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 fresh with a ninety-five percent tomato meter, with an audience score of ninety-one percent. And Holy I also shit. want to point out. That, I'm sorry, you said 95 and 91? I'm sorry, that, yes, that is... From uh, a movie that came out in 2006? Yes. But I'd also like to point out, Mike, that Children of Men comes in with a 92% <laughs> tomato meter and an 85% audience score, so maybe, maybe... Maybe this Pan's one's just Labyrinth a little bit actually, more fun. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe it deserves <laughs> no, no. those cinematography nods. Yeah, I don't think it deserves uh, cinematography... Well, no, the nods, <laughs> yes. All right, the win, no. Um... What I think is Pan's Labyrinth is a more enjoyable film to watch than Children of Men. There it is. There it fucking I, is. Absolutely. Yes, right. goddamn like, agree. even though but, they both but, have dark Let's not endings. take it away from, yeah, Children of Men, bro. I'm telling you, one of my favorite I, movies. Okay, but best cinematography. Come on. Like, that movie should have won. Like, <sighs> yeah. what the fuck? Uh, yes. Yeah. First time I watched that movie, I was like, ah, whatever. It's fine. I don't know. And then I watched it again Shut like your mouth, five years Grace. later. I was like, never mind. This is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. What am, okay, what am I okay. You, what you can fuck? come back. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I told Were someone that, that and they podcast? gave me that same reaction now. And I was like, uh, okay. I was Greg's not on Children of Men? I thought Greg's was. I don't know. I thought he was. I probably Were was. You? I'm just Who saying. Yeah. They all run together. They do. <laughs> and you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram at moviecrewpod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? You can find me on Instagram at checkthegate. Greg, where can the audience follow you? I am on Instagram at Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y media. And Kristen, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with the K and an I. And you guys can find me on X at Elkins Edits. And what are you? What are, what are you guys? He did it. He did it right, Kristen. I, know, why you, I don't know why you're laughing. Funny. He actually did know. it right for once. <laughs> maybe, maybe she was just excited for you. She's yeah, like, I'm you just excited for you. You're definitely one of us. Isn't it? <laughs> it's because she, she heard that pause there. She's like, oh, he's fucking easy. That, no, 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 no. that, that was a performance. <laughs> uh, we're going to close out the show tonight with, uh, what, are we, what are we playing? We're going to play track number 21 titled Pan's Labyrinth Lullaby. And this is from composer Javier Navarrete. Navarrete. Whatever. You guys get it. I'm sorry. I'm terrible about it. I don't speak Spanish. Apologies. I would also like to put uh, to point out that this is the only podcast that will discuss Pan's Labyrinth and never bring up Doug Jones. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? 
you were supposed to bring him up. You said we're, we'll talk when about we him on Hellboy. All right, come on. <laughs> Why, oh you know? yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's Abe right, Sapien, yeah. motherfucker. Come on, that's a classic role that nerds know. They're not going to be like, oh, the Fawn in Pan's Labyrinth. We need oh, to sit down and he, talk about Wasn't that. he that oh, guy yeah. on like Star Trek Discovery? Yeah. Well, wait, no, he was in Hocus no, Pocus was, as well, he was right? Twice he, he Abe Sapien, like, um, and then he was the fucking he was the sexy fish. Yeah, in the shape of water. He was only once Abe Sapien where he had his voice and his body. Okay, that's true. <laughs>